Chad Ryder from NFL.com joins us today to talk about his latest seven-round mock draft and potentially the Cowboys picking a trade-up in round one. All that and more in this episode of Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked, Locked On. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. We have a special, special guest for you guys today. It's Chad Ryder from NFL.com. Uh, you guys know him for all his great mock drafts. Maybe you check him out on the Power Ranking Show every Thursday. Chad, how you doing today, sir? I'm doing fantastic. I'll be even better a, a week from now when we get to talk about who was, <laughs> who was picked on day one and, and who's going to get picked on day two. Yeah, Chad, so we're going to go through your uh, seven-round mock draft that got dropped, I believe, what, Friday morning. Um, I spent a lot of time going through this. That's right. uh, I like most of the picks. A couple of picks in the sixth round I disagreed with, but other than that, we're pretty good. That's okay. <laughs> Me too. As I, as I wrote on Twitter early today, um, you know, I think The Edge once said that U2 albums are never done. They're just released. Same yeah. with these mock drafts. I could spend another 50 hours going through every potential thing that could be changed on that thing. Eventually, I just have to hand the thing in. Is this your <laughs> last mock draft before the draft actually starts? Yeah. Yeah, I don't do one next week at all because we have, you know, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks and Lance and all these other people doing that. And so I put right in the, uh, you know, I put right in the intro, like, this, this is not going to have last-minute information, which will make it as accurate as other people. This is just, a, <laughs> yeah. you know, like a potential, how, how this whole thing could potentially uh, play out, one scenario. All right, so uh, let's let's go through your mock. Uh, you have the Cowboys trading up from pick 24 to number 21 to select Trevor Penning, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. What was your uh, reasoning behind that trade? Well, well first of all, uh, I think if a guy like Penning and his athleticism um, or Charles Cross, one of these guys that potentially falls a little than people think, um, I think somebody's going to go get him. And Dallas certainly is in a position to do so. Um, he can play multiple spots in the line. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a talent. He's uh, not maybe an elite talent, but he's really good. He actually reminds me a lot of Brian Bulaga when he came out of Iowa in 2010. A lot mm. of people thought Bulaga would be like a top 15 pick. He fell down a little bit into the early twenties to the Packers had a really solid career. Um, you know, if not for injuries, he would have been a really great career. So uh, he kind of reminds me of him. And I think, you know, Dallas, a lot of people think, oh, they're going to trade up and get a receiver. Oh, they're going to trade. Well, that doesn't always work out that way. Um, what people think a team is going to do, it doesn't always work out that way. So I thought that was one interesting scenario that maybe a lot of people were considering. Chad, do you think, you know, I think a lot of people have would look at this and kind of be uh, surprised that the offensive lineman that the Cowboys would go up and get would, would be, well, that the Cowboys would take a tackle in the first round because I think we've been so focused on guard and wide receiver. But I, I do right. think the tackle – Obviously, with Tyron Smith getting older and and, and kind of losing Lael Collins, it, it suddenly becomes a position that if you look, maybe not this year, but the following year, the years after that, obviously becomes a huge need. Was there was there a specific reason? Was it because Pinning fell that you saw that the Cowboys went up and and yeah. and, and would take advantage of that, or 
was do you know of any have you heard any whispers about Dallas being particularly interested in Trevor Pinning versus some of these other tackles? No, I think it's just value. Uh, I think it's just a value pick. I mean, obviously they would be interested in Kenyon Green if he was available. It, they would be interested in Zion Johnson if he is available. But to be honest, um, you know, at the Senior Bowl, Trevor Penning played some guard, and he looked. And it wouldn't shock me at all if Dallas, like, if they picked him, if they tried him inside first. Uh, if you remember, Connor Williams was not a guard at Texas. So, yeah. I mean, I think I think you have to give these guys a you know a, a, some opportunity if you feel like moving him inside. Um, he could do it, and he could be pretty good at it. Uh, so if they decide to go that route, I don't know. Maybe Terrence Steele is going to be their future starter at right tackle. I don't know. Maybe that's the case. But I'm not sure that you can bank on that, and that's at necess- like something. Maybe maybe Steele's a better swing tackle um, than he is mm. like a starter on the right side. So I think there's a few different things. That's why Penning, like for his value at that spot, um, you could do a lot of stuff with them. So I, I, didn't, I don't like being pigeonholed into like one position, uh, you know, or one option because teams go off the rails on stuff all the time. And people are like, oh, I can't believe they did that. Well, now you can believe if they do it. All right, Chad, we, we spent a lot of time talking about Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson, but how much better of a prospect do you believe Trevor Penning is? Well, I think he's a better tackle prospect than like Kenyon Green, for example. So if you wanted that right tackle, um, I think Green, his uh, Penning's mobility is better than Green. Uh, Green is really good, a really powerful blocker. Um, Mm -hmm. When he's out on poles and stuff, he's not super mobile. And, you know, the athleticism testing kind of proved that, you know, bore that out. So I just think it, it depends on what you want him to do. If you want Green to really be a dominating run blocker, if the Cardinals or the Titans move, or you know somebody like that that's really power based, um, you know, and the Cowboys for that matter, I think that's it would be a great fit for them too. Uh, but I, I think in terms of mobility, Penning's a little better. He gives you a little more versatility. Although Kenyon Green was fine when he played tackle, I mean, it's, I'm not saying that he can't. But if you had, if you had to give me one of those two guys to play tackle in the NFL, you know, I'd take Penning. Uh, all right, let's move on to your second pick that you have the Cowboys drafting. Uh, at number 56, wide receiver Christian Watson from North Dakota State. A lot of people have him sneaking into the end of round one, which, I mean, Lana and I have talked about that. We, we think that's crazy talk. But at yeah. 56, do you like the value there? Yeah, I think that's where he'll end up going, somewhere between, you know, like 48 and 56 or 58, something like that. I think that's typically where a guy like that would go. Uh, and I, I don't I don't see the first round value with him but uh you know at this part of the draft you know why wouldn't you sort of that van jefferson um kind of guy that goes mm. in that the mid-second round that that's what i mm. see in him and, and you know i think he's got real talent and he's got real potential um to be a, a downfield threat and more you know if he stays healthy and and really matures in the first couple of years in the league but i think that's really where the value for him is Let's extrapolate that out a little bit, like because I, I think he's an interesting player, and I certainly love him as a you know as a developmental receiver who could become. I think he has the athletic upside to become a, a number one wide receiver if he can develop that way. But let's talk about what he's going to look like, uh, you know, year one if he were to get on the Cowboys. What kind of role do you think that sort of player would have as a rookie wide receiver? Uh, kind of just knowing his skill set and kind of knowing the jump of competition that he's going from North Dakota State to the NFL. Well, I think all rookies, you have to assume 
that year one is going to be an uphill battle for him, right? He's you're not going to he's not going to be your number one receiver. He's not going to be that. And I, part yeah. of me wonders if Dallas won't take a wide receiver in the first round, partially because they want CD Lamb to be that guy, right? And they want so I think partially that's one reason I didn't give them a receiver in the first round is because I think you know, that that sort of a aesthetic is going on. But I think Watson, what he can do is he can really stretch the field for you. And I think, you know, even if you're telling him to run nine routes all the time and, you know, a healthy Michael Gallup kind of working underneath and over the middle and C.D. Lamb doing his thing on short and long pass. I mean, I think he can be that guy that maybe isn't going to make a ton of plays early in the year, but he's going to stretch the defense early in the year. And by the time the season kind of wears a little bit, you'll see Dak kind of throwing in his direction. Once the the timing is there, once the trust is there, then I think you'll see him making some more downfield plays. So I think that's what you see. And, I, and then that's typical of most second and third round uh, receivers. Uh, all right. I want to get to the rest of Chad's mock, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lens, well-constructed durable frames and premium high-end finishes. Also something that you're not going to find anywhere else is their insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every single pair, and they will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what. Give them a try, and if you don't absolutely love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays, and exclusive for our listener, exclusively for our listeners, Head to ShadyRays.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That is promo code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. We also want to tell you guys about BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports development, including league reviews and news this season, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Chad, third round. Sam Williams, an edge rusher from Ole Miss, who we've spent a ton of time talking about on this show. Uh, do you think he could go even earlier than this? Uh, potentially. I, I mean, it's, it's all about the off-field situation with him. You know, he was suspended at Ole Miss, sexual assault. Well, that's not something that teams are taking lightly anymore when they're evaluating players. So uh, I think that's an important part of the equation about where he goes. Look, they take they took Randy Gregory in the second round years ago, uh, and they could totally over not completely overlook it. But you know that that wouldn't shock me if he was a second round pick. Typically, a guy like that goes more in the fifth round when you when you have that kind of stuff. So he's going to be one of these guys that's really interesting to see how how much uh, risk a team is willing to take on with a guy like that. Sometimes they are, sometimes a guy drops out altogether. So it's, it's really hard to tell, but he's a talented player. Uh, you know, whatever team gets him is going to get a guy that's going to give him hundred percent on every play attacking the quarterback strong against the run. He's really talented. If he didn't have the, if he didn't have the off field stuff, you know, I, I'd for sure be putting him in the second round. That's what I was going to ask, actually, is, is is you know, without the off-field, like if he got to clean exactly what kind of uh, player you're getting. Can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, his kind of learn, uh, a curve coming into the NFL? Uh, like, let's say the the off-field is not an issue or, yeah. you know, obviously that's stuff that we don't have any kind of in, insight into. 
what kind of uh, uh, curve do you think a player like this? Is? You know, I, I I I agree with you. I think you know I would even say maybe late first round potentially second round player for Sam Williams just with you know athleticism playing in the SEC the, the level of competition the tape's really good you know let's say everything is cleared off field and he's able to come in and 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 you know practice and play right away what kind of impact do you think you know knowing what the Cowboys already have at the edge position uh, do you think Sam Williams could have on this team uh, starting this year well, I think, you know, he and Dante Fowler can go, they can rotate all the time and they keep them fresh. I mean, you got to keep the defensive line fresh. I think Williams is going to get in right away, obviously, probably to start out in sub packages. I mean, he's not weak against the run by any stretch. I don't know you're going to throw him out there, you know, for 70 plays, you know, as his first week, but certainly he's going to get in there for 30, 35 plays when he starts out and mostly in, you know, obvious passing situations. And again, as the season goes on, he would continue to grow in that role. And you know what? Injuries happen, as we all know. Yeah. So he may get forced into action even sooner than the team might want, but he's got enough experience. Um, you know, as you said, he played at a high level of competition. So I expect that he would make a pretty big difference, um, you know, within the first month of the year. Maybe not Micah Parsons uh, level, but <laughs> but you're going to see him on the field and you're going you're gonna to hear his name a couple of times in each game. Uh, I don't want to spoil the, the rest of the mock. I want you guys to go check it out at NFL.com. Now, you gave the Cowboys a tight end uh, in the fifth round. I'm not going to say which tight end because I want you to go read it. But did you think about potentially giving a, the, the Cowboys a tight end there at pick oh, yeah. 88? Oh, it, well, yeah, all over the place. You know, a lot of people think about these mock drafts and they're like, oh, this is the only way he thinks this draft is going to go. No. Like every spot in this draft has like four or five different players stuck in there right at different positions but yeah i definitely can tight end in the third round um because i think that's like you know there's really good value there third and and, and, uh, three or four guys are gonna go there yeah wouldn't shock me at all if they went tight end in the third round probably not do you have a favorite guy there you would have liked to see for dallas um specifically for dallas i mean look i i could see um i could see charlie kolar um, I, I could see, uh, you know, cause he's a, he's got, he does a little bit of everything, um, smart player. I could see that. Um, you know, I think he's kind of a Mark Andrews and I would have loved to have seen like Mark Andrews in Dallas for some reason. I've always hmm. thought that that would have been a great fit. Um, probably cause he just reminded me of Jason Witten Pro- and that's, and that's probably, that's probably. Okay. Why. I'm out. Never mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> listen, uh, the last couple of years of Jason Witten's career scarred me. I, I can't. I can't. We're not talking about 2019, Jason Witten. All right, all right. Just, just to be clear, but uh, you know what I mean. I mean, it's just that kind of guy, all around talent. I think he would have been really interesting. Uh, Don't listen to Marcus. He gets scarred <laughs> by old players, and he 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 can't he can't seem to get past it to their youth and see what they were like when they're at the beginning of their careers. Uh, right. I had a question about about draft sequencing because in this in this in this situation, uh, you you got a the Cowboys traded up for an offensive tackle. We're able to get a wide receiver in the second round. Marcus and I speak a lot about draft sequencing and about making sure that you kind of you know you're getting good value in the rounds that you kind of want to hit certain players and yeah. get in certain positions. Do you feel like, and, and obviously, like I said, you made the offensive line pick first in the first round and then the second round pick with the wide receiver. Do you feel like on a sequencing level that that's the best route for the Cowboys to get the, 
if they were to stay put at 24 and pick at 56 as well, do you think that the, the way for them to get best value at both offensive linemen and wide receiver is to pick in that order? Or do you think it matters? Or what are your thoughts on kind of sequencing well, offensive line and wide receiver in the first two or three rounds? Yeah, I mean, I think what I would say is, uh, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years and through my various conversations with people, you really teams are not at the grocery store saying, okay, it's aisle one. We got to get salad dressing and mayonnaise. And then in aisle two, we're going to get, you know what I mean? You, you can't really do that uh, because you miss out on some really good players. So I wouldn't say that positionally, um, you know, saying that, but, but that said, um, if, if they had a, if they had a choice, let's say they stay at 24 and they had a choice between Kenyon green, Zion Johnson, Penning, whoever's there, or the wide receiver that would be available there, probably Traylon Burks. Um, I love George Pickens. I don't know that the, the Cowboys would take him at 24, but, but I think I would have to go offensive lineman uh, in that case, just because the overall value of those players, you're really getting like a top-notch starter there. And with the injuries with some of the receivers, things like that at 24, I'm not sure that I would take that value, especially when you can get a Christian Watson in the second round. You can get, you know, a John Mechie in the third round. You know, there's a lot of depth at receiver. And some of the guys you get at, you know, in the offensive line in that area, I don't think are quite as good. So I think, yeah. I think generally speaking, I would go O-line over receiver. Um, but let's just say Chris Olave is available at 24. Maybe you take that guy because he's pretty good. So yeah. I think it really is. Good. You're really – and people have been talking about, well, do you draft based on need or you draft based on, um, you know, best available player? It's never one or the other. It's always a mix of yeah. both. And, and so, exactly. you know, that's the way I look at it. I agree. Um, uh, the only thing is there's a couple – I don't love the day two receivers as much as maybe you do, Chad. Yeah. But there are guys that we like. I think Khalil Shakir, if he's available in the yep. third round, that's a home run pick for the Cowboys. Sky Moore in the second round. And, in fact, Sky Moore was available in your mock uh, mm-hmm. at pick 56. Um, he went with a different direction, but that's okay. Uh, all right, we've got one more really fun segment lined up for Chad here. And that's actually the reason we brought him on for this, for this next <laughs> one. But before we get to that, I want to tell you guys about Bill Bar. This time of year, almost everybody has given up on their New Year's resolutions, but not us. We are sticking to ours to eat better, thanks to Built Bar. And it's because Built Bars just taste so good. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, with most Built Bars only containing 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your average candy bar, and it's not even a contest. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, Chad, last segment. Um, you are one of the most knowledgeable people in the world when it comes to the draft stuff. And uh, on the other show that we do together, the Power I'm Ranking show. I'm sad that you said that. I, that really, I, that really <laughs> hurt. That, that my life has come down to that, honestly. But okay, I'll, I'll, I'll accept it as a compliment. This is a compliment. Okay. I can ask you basically any player in this class, and you're going to know their life story, where they project in the NFL. So let's play a little game of uh, Stump the Truck, but this is Stump okay. Chad. Okay. I'm just going to name some random players. Some of these guys, late-round picks, UDFAs. You tell me what you know about them, all right? Okay. I'll give you a softball one because I know that you know this player. Jason Poe, center from Mercer. Yeah, he uh, he played right guard at center uh, – excuse me, at Mercer. He, he's transferred in there. 
from Lunoir Rhine University, uh, where he had oh, played yeah. a couple of years, was the uh, was the best, was voted the best lineman in that conference at Lunoir Rhine twice in a row. He played at Hutchinson Community College, where he was a fullback as a freshman, then he transferred out. So he's really, obviously, very athletic guy. He tested off the charts on his pro day in terms of a guy who's 300 pounds who runs like a fullback and and uh, you know as we talked about at one point you know he could be the next Patrick Ricard uh, in uh, Baltimore just the sixth lined up in the backfield kind of thing that's awesome incredible all right Landon give, give us a name I, I mean I'll just real quick I'll th- I, I would like to compare him to the next uh, Connor McGovern if we could because uh, <laughs> yeah, right? I'd like for him to be fullback one for the Cowboys next year uh, yeah I got a guy that I you know just kind of this is what we do right we scroll through all these names that meet metrics that we like uh, there's there's a there's a kid a cornerback from Vanderbilt named Alan George George uh, yeah. are you yeah do you, uh, yeah, do you have any information um, on him I, I like him because he has really long arms and he's and he's got yeah. a very good 40 and I think that's the kind of traits the Cowboys are looking for yeah, he's he's a versatile player. Um, I think he could probably could probably play nickel, safety, or corner. Um, I wouldn't say he's the most consistent guy. I don't know that I would trust him on the outside with a top receiver. But I think in time he'll he'll play on teams and then uh, he'll he'll grow into something a little bit more. But you could play him all over the place. It's incredible. This is this is uh, this is my favorite segment that we've done all year. Uh, all right, Chad. <laughs> next one. Sincere McCormick, running back yeah, at UTSA. Running back, UTEP, absolutely. He's a bowling ball. He's a Roomba. Uh, you, you know, you give him the ball and he, and he plows through dudes. Uh, not the fastest guy, but I think uh, he finds his way, kind of weaves his way through uh, traffic a little bit, and uh, it's fun to watch him run. He's just a really tough – he'll take the ball 25 times a game. He doesn't care. He's running over dudes. He's got a little bit of a – not a lot of wiggle, but a little bit of wiggle and a little bit of speed. Um, so he's going to, he could eat carries for you, you know, in the, at the next level. All right. My last one, I, I have a type here and I'm hitting, hitting my type. It's sec corners that are going to be drafted late. Uh, I think the name is Quandre Mosley, the cornerback yeah. from the university of Kentucky, similar yeah, situation, uh, long guy with some speed. Yeah. Um, didn't start a lot at Kentucky. Uh, you know, d- didn't produce a lot. Didn't get on the field you know, as much as some of these others. So I don't know if he'll get drafted for that, but honestly, excellent athlete. Again, another teams guy um, with, with really good size. These SEC athletes, they may not be, you they might, they may not be drafted, but you know that during the draft, their agent's going to be getting a call. And that's one of these guys that says, Hey, maybe we can coach this guy into something, even though he didn't get to play a lot in the SEC. Incredible. All right, I got one more for you because I know the Cowboys are interested in this player on day three, so I'm sure the fans will be interested. Uh, you might have to help me with the last name, but I believe it's David Anini from Houston. From Houston, Anini. That's right. It's Anini. Uh, yeah, undersized edge, um, but he can stand up, And but he played with his hand down a lot at Houston. He was outside Logan Hall a lot, and those two work together pretty well. Uh, just kind of like that 240-pound guy that, that can go – Demarcus Lawrence light, maybe mm. a guy that can grow that. a little bit into that, into that wide nine kind of guy, just a super relentless runner, a hard worker. I, I just the guy that every time he watched Logan Hall and, and Peyton Turner a couple of years ago, and then he would show yeah. up and he'd be attacking the quarterback. And, uh, you know, again, I have, uh, I have him going in my mock draft. Uh, I believe I, I can't even remember now. Uh, but uh, no, I think I have him in the going mock draft late. Uh, as a as a potential edge um, down the line for a team. 
Well, Chad, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Nobody in the world can do this as, uh, as good as you do. Just <laughs> random UDFAs. Uh, you got their whole life story, where they project. This is awesome. This It's incredible. You should be very proud. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, go Cowboys. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Oh, we're going. There, there you go. struggle to get that out, but there you go. What uh, I, even with the question mark at the end, we'll take it. What did I do? <laughs> Uh, go check out Chad's mock draft on NFL.com. Check him out on Twitter. I believe it's at Chad underscore writer. Correct. Um, it, correct. Fantastic content coming out all the time. Again, check him out on the power ranking show. We just did a, a three round mock draft over there. Uh, some good content with Elliot Harrison. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, check us out on YouTube. Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCool BCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll be back on Monday when it's officially draft week. See you guys then.